The family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. Tell me what happened to my daughter. Jessica just let me in the arms so I can see her. An arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology. The arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. Please bear with us. This is our first podcast. We realized there's going to be some audio quality issues that we are dealing with, but the message from Linda is very compelling, and we appreciate you listening. Welcome to Locating the Lost. I'm Travis. I'm Jeff. And tonight we visit the case of Luger Belanger, missing from Maine, November 25th, 1975. So tonight we're going to be talking to Linda Perkins, the wife of Luger Belanger. Uh, she's going to give us her account of what happened that day and uh, how her and her family is, has been dealing with it. So if you want to, um, I guess to get started, can you describe how you and Luger met? Luger and I met, I was best friends with his sister, Linda Belanger. And uh, we went to school together. And that's how we met, through her. Now, what kind of guy was Luger? <laughs> Down to earth. Uh, he loved to hunt. He loved to fish. He uh, worked hard. Uh, he was a good dad. Very good dad. And he was a great husband. Uh, hmm. You know, normal down to earth guy. He didn't right. drink much, maybe a little, but, you know, just here on the weekend or something. He he just down to earth. He, he was a good guy. Kind. Help anybody. Hmm. So can you take me back that day, uh, November 25th? Yep. It was uh, a couple days, maybe three or four days before Thanksgiving. We were... We got up to go hunting. My sister was with us at the time, so she stayed with the kids, and I I went hunting too. Um, we hunted together, and we went hunting with fresh snow on the ground. Um, nice day to go hunting, you know, perfect day. Uh, so we went, you know, down the road from our house to ways together. Um, I guess I think, if I remember right, John, his brother John went with us that day too. We just kind of sat in different places until, you know, about nine, I guess. And uh, decided to come home. We're going to get something to eat. Uh, a little cold, so we usually sit out until around nine. On the way home, Luigi decided that he wanted to walk home. Uh, 
he was going to, you know, get off the top of the hill there by Crummett's, let's Crummett's house, walk across the field and get down to the, down to the woods and to the county road and then walk home. He's hunted there before many, many times. So that was the um, point nothing. of him walking back was to see if he could maybe scare up another deer? Yeah, scare up a deer. He hadn't gotten a deer yet that year. So, you know, we were still hunting for a deer. And, you know, he was just going to take his time and walk back. I had to be at work by noon, so he had a couple of hours before he had, had to take me. He was going to take me because uh, I didn't drive in the snow much, so he was going to take me to work. But, uh, you know, that's we dropped him off and said, see you in an hour or so, and that was it. So at what point did you start worrying about Luger? Uh, maybe 11. You know, a little before 11, I guess, because, you know, he said he'd be home to take me to work. So I went next door um, to his mom and dad's house and told them, you know, and I told John that he weren't back yet, so... You know, we waited longer, and then uh, we decided to go on the snowmobiles and kind of, you know, see if we can find him, holler his name, you know, see if we can't find him. And so we did that, and we couldn't find him. He didn't answer us. Um, we saw us, you know. Uh, Didn't you saw his track? Yeah, yeah, the, where he'd gotten off top the road, top the hill. Mm-hmm. But we kind of went through down the county road because that's where he was going to come out. We went out there and we saw where he'd walked all the way across. And so, what time was this? Go down. Oh, it must have been you know eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. I was supposed to be working. 12, so, you know, I had called in, said I weren't coming. I was going to, you know, see if we had to hunt for Luigi. Mm. So, how, you know. It, how, how far was that from your house where you dropped him off, approximately? Not even a mile. Oh, yeah, so it was pretty close. Yeah, it's on, we have a, you know, kind of a big hill to, yeah. to go up. Yeah, right there, top of the hill. So go he's very familiar day. with those woods. Uh, Oh, yeah, very. Yep, very. Yep, he, uh, and his so father did, got, you know. Did he grow up father. there? He grew up, no. Um, he grew up again at Falls, Maine. Okay. Um, he lived there, and I lived there. You know, we went to school, and he lived, uh, you know, a couple of miles from me. Uh, but in 19... 19- 70, I believe. Yeah, 1970, I believe, they moved up here to Washington, Maine. 1969, 1970, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he graduated, no, probably 69, because he graduated high school uh, at Madonna Valley in 1970. Mm-hmm. So that's when he graduated. And, uh, 
but he knew the woods pretty good up here. He had relatives that lived up here. So, and, uh... Now, how was he dressed? Was he dressed for the weather? Yep. Yep. He had on his, you know, hunting boots, hunting pants, long guns, you know. Do you remember those red and black plaid hunting jackets? Oh, yeah. They Everybody had them. had them back when, back then, you know. They didn't have as much camouflage as they have these days. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he had on that, and he had on his hunting hat and gloves. Yeah, he had on. Oh, he, you know, needed to be warm. So you yeah. guys spent some time looking for Luigi. That's yeah. his nickname, right? Yeah, that's what we call him. So you spent yeah, some time looking for him, and how long? Before we called, tried to get some help. Um, game wardens were willing. They came right out, but the state police didn't. Um, so what time are we at now? Is that like three? Uh, yeah, probably around three. Uh, the game ones came out and they took over. They didn't want us out there, and um, they took over and they started looking, searching, following tracks. Uh, it got dark, so they had to stop. So mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I really, um, I kind of, uh, let me see, got very upset and I lost. <laughs> I was taken to the hospital because um, I knew he wasn't home and he wasn't, he didn't come home and I was very, I mean, I was, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. Um, I uh, I got very upset and uh, got one a little out of it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So the ambulance come and took me to Augusta, to the hospital. And they brought me home, but I don't remember too much until um, the next morning about, I guess, 3 or 4 o'clock. I got up out of my bed. I don't even remember going to my bed. I was so upset. I don't. Uh, anyway, John Marsh and Dick Hennessy, they were two game wardens. They were here. And they were, my family was here, my mom and dad, and, you know, um, the Bollingers, everybody was there. <laughs> there were so many people that were going to go help. Um, and they had some professional trackers that were going to meet that morning um, to f- search some more. So how many people at that point the next morning were out looking for Luger? Uh, the game wardens, uh, professional trackers, there might have been uh, I'm, I'm making a guess at 10 or 12. Um, I think they wanted to keep it down a little and, but they wanted enough to search so many feet, I guess. And I was yeah, listening right. to them, but yeah. Did they probably not want a whole lot of people in the area contaminating? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Just the professional have... trackers, the game wardens. Um, uh, Do they have dogs at this point? Dogs at this point. Uh, I don't believe it. Not at that point. I don't believe it. Later in the day, I think. Um, you know, this is me not being with it too much but I remember 
the game the game wardens and and uh, especially John Marsh. John Marsh was one of the game wardens in Tennessee. Now, what did they do to try to reassure you? Were they, I guess... Um... Well, they would tell me that, that not to lose hope. Uh, they said they can, you know, they're going back out. If if he's out there, they'll find him, you know. Um, but they, they kept telling me not to lose hope. But, you know, after a while, I knew that if he was out there, he, you know, something happened. Yeah. Because he... Pretty good hunter, I'm he, assuming, right? He was out there quite a bit, knew the area. Right, right. He knew the area really good, and, you know, he wouldn't stay out. And he wouldn't just take off, you know. People, you know, people say things, but yeah. he was just, uh, he was just a homebody. Yeah. Just but, out trying to get some deer for his family, right? Not out trying to do anything silly. Right, right. He was, he was a family man. He didn't go anywhere. <laughs> he just... Had he shot a deer and was looking for the deer, he would have gone back home and gotten help. He wouldn't have been through the night trying to track a deer, especially being that close to home. Find it, he would come back home and they'd go back out morning. That's what they always did if they shot a deer and they didn't find it. They wouldn't hunt all night. They'd go back out with daylight. So they were trying to get the state police involved. And I guess after 24 hours, they finally did. Um, because a person had to be missing 72 hours to be declared a missing person back then. There was a car and, and where they'd met. And they couldn't tell me that much. You know, I know more now than I did back then, but they did tell me about the old tote road, him shooting a deer and dragging it and coming out to an old tote road. And then they told me that there was a car there and that's where it ends. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when they told me about the receipt they found. Uh, where the car had been uh, fixed, worked on. It was, I think it was Clark's garage there in Union at the time. Uh, it was fixed that day or the day before, something like that. So what do you think the motive would be for someone <clears throat> abducting Ridger? They just wanted the deer. A couple of bad people that with drinking and out there and Muji was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's about all I ever knew I could figure is that they just shot him for his deer, shot him for the sake of shooting him and taking his deer. So fast forward 44 years now with all the information that you've heard and collected what can you tell us, fill us in from that point as far as the uh, the vehicle possibly picking him up? Well, they tracked down the vehicle. They found it on a street in Camden and the back window was shot out and there was no back seat in it. Oh, yes, yeah. they stopped at his house and they went in and, yeah, they spoke with him. He said he hadn't been hunting in Washington. He'd already said he hadn't been in Washington. Um, and, uh, he had been in that season, and he hadn't gotten a deer. And you know, John Marsh told me that there was um, an, a box of bullets on the kitchen table, and they were 12 gauge. 
And he also told me that there was um, deer meat in the freezer. It wasn't froze yet. But I had, you know, that was in the book, too. So he, yeah, had, was... he had the deer meat, and he had the 12-gauge ammo, but he hadn't been hunting. Exactly. But when they left to go get a search warrant, see, back when I was interviewed for this book, they wanted to talk to me about certain facts and all this stuff. And after it was all over, John Mush asked me, he said, do you think that we made mistakes back then? Do you think that we did all we could? My response was, you did all you could at the time. You know, because they didn't have everything they have these days. I think they made a mistake by not, by leaving, by not leaving somebody at that house where they went to get a search warrant. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe that was a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, but how long did it take them to said, get the search warrant? Well, just just over a night. The next day, they went back. Oh, okay. It did, were they were they under undermanned at the time? Is that why they couldn't get someone to stay there, or is that just something they didn't think they needed to do? Yeah, I think it was just a mistake. I think they never didn't think because there was a. They knew that there was something there. Yeah. They said, you know, they said, our guts told us there was something there. But then they went back, nothing was there. To go back to your statement about they did all they could at the time, I think you're right. If this had had it happened nowadays, this would have been solved in two weeks. Yeah, I believe that. And I also believe, and I've asked, I also believe that if they went back over the material they have, the evidence they have, I know what they had for, well, mostly all I know what they had for evidence. If they took the the, the uh, equipment and, and the, they used what they have these days to, to go back over the case, they'd find more. Mm-hmm. I believe that. But when I asked about testing a hair strand or whatever, uh, the uh, lady that... Uh, is works in the lab told me she said do you know what it costs to examine one piece of hair well, who who cares what it I costs said, oh that's what i said to her I, said, I really don't care what it costs and that's when the now i'm telling you that family advocate that was supposed to, that is supposed to be for us all of the state of Maine it's supposed to be for the families that are left behind yeah the family advocate she told me my case was too old and they would be focusing on newer cases do they still have all the evidence it's still do. I've asked they that do. two or three times yeah I even I was upset when they moved Luge's name from the cold case list to the missing person list again because he was on the missing person list and he was on the cold case list then they put him back on the missing person list and that upset me so I called Jeff Love and I asked him why 
and his response was that he didn't have the evidence that he was dead and that he would get as much attention on the missing person list as on the cold case list. I said, yeah, and from what I can tell, there's nothing. So Jeff Love says he doesn't have evidence that he's dead. When was he declared dead? Yeah, 1994. So I had, I had papers from the state police, Maine State Police. I have a, a, a declaration of death from probate court. So he's above the courts is what he's saying, I guess. I guess. But I said to him, I said, I have all of these papers where even the state police told me that they did all they could in to find Luigi and that as far as they're concerned, he has been murdered. So why, why I don't understand all this, you know, and he said, you have a, he said, I don't, I'm not aware of that. He didn't even know that I had a wow. paper from him. Yeah. I said, I can get you copies. I have it all. So I took, I went to the court because he asked me to bring it to him. I went to the probate court in Rockland. I got every copy of everything I had on, on Luigi's thing. And then I went to Jeffrey Love's office because I was at work. And I went down there and I got it. And I went out there and he had left for the day. So this is kind of why we want to do this too, is to help bring people in on these conversations on uh, missing people and try to get some exposure and maybe push the state police to reopen some of these cases and dig into them, especially with today's technology. Yeah, well, a common, a common sense approach to something like this, even today, could probably yield some pretty decent results. Well, a lot of it is very, it's common sense. And then you're why nothing's been done and why some of these some of these things are being done and not done is is very frustrating right and uh i had three girls with luigi and you know we don't even care if anybody pays we we love to see justice but we we don't hold out hope for that but we do hold out hope for maybe having him home whatever is left if anything right. because he was thrown away like a bag of trash he was thrown away somewhere and that's not right we want to lay him to rest with love and dignity it's, and that's what he should be he was loved by so many yeah and he was taken away he was stolen from us he didn't get to live his life and do those things with his children that all fathers do and and uh, hold his grandbabies and you know he he didn't get to do that I can't the imagine one that, the one that knows or the one that did it but the only living suspect or person of interest got to do all that right yeah that's not fair no it's not it's not it's it's you know it, uh, not only was it hard for you as his wife to lose your husband but then you have to explain to the kids you know what what took place and oh that was absolutely harder than anybody knows i mean 
not being able to give me answers, um, drying their tears because I have no answers. Yeah. I had no answers. I couldn't say, well, you know, and take him where he's buried and and what happened to him. Uh, you know, I had no answers. I had, it was like a, a, you know, we lived to a certain point in our lives and then there's nothing. He's gone, you know. Um, no closure, no, you know, they, they want closure. They want to know and they want to bury their dad. They want to have him back, and they want to bury him. So, you know, if it's not much left, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just a yearning thing they want to do, and I do too. I want to mm-hmm. take Rightly care so. of him because he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve what he got dished. That's all. All because seemingly he found a deer. Someone else didn't. A deer. Right. This shows how petty people can be. Scary. I mean, yeah. my grandsons were all hunt now. Uh, uh, my granddaughters hunt. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we have 19 grandchildren and quite a few of them hunt. And it's scary. Yeah, I saw one of them right here the other day. Yes. Did you see? Was that Tyler you saw? Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He just got a job with Homeland Security. So. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's what he's been thriving for. That was his goal. So, I'm glad he's he's a good boy. He's been going to college for four years, and it took him over a year to get that job, though. A lot of a lot of hurdles to go through but no he's he really he helped a lot in uh, setting up the Facebook page and and we went to a few houses together to ask questions but nobody would answer the door oh yeah <laughs> people that people that we know that that have answers but don't dare to talk because of certain family hmm so what what were the rumors you had heard uh, over the years as far as the two gentlemen involved? Two gentlemen involved. I heard that was driving the car. Uh, was on the passenger side. And I heard that the passenger leveled the gun over the back of the front seat and shot Luigi while I was in the back seat. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, no, I heard that he tried to kill his wife, uh, he, cause we were looking at him and trying to get answers and he filled his cellar full of gasoline and, and, uh, lit a match and well, I guess hit his wife up upstairs in a room. She couldn't get her something, but she lived anyways. But anyway, he lit a match and I guess something from the they had a gas refrigerator and there was fumes and it blew him right out the front door front window Peace. yeah he, he got burnt pretty bad and they they rushed him to uh, it weren't long and they rushed him to Texas to a burn center because he would been in the service so he was sent to uh, Texas to a burn center and that's where he died 
I guess they tried so, to get out there to ask him questions, but he died before they got there. What year did that happen? Was that right after the disappearance or a few years? A few years, I think, uh, because I think the first one to go. <laughs> Here I go again. Uh, I heard that they took the body to a house, a friend of theirs, a house. Um, and the house, the guy that lived there died of cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, five years later, let's say, um, so we couldn't get much out of them. Out of him, um, this is, then this is where we've heard that, we've heard so much, uh, it's very emotional every time you hear something, but we heard that they, uh, took him to a house, uh, and uh, he helped him take care of the body. Uh, and that's right in Washington on Crystal Lake, across from Crystal Lake. Apparently they, they, <clears throat> they put him, rolled him in some type of burlap or something uh, and then heavy plastic chains, skidded chains, um, and uh, took him across the lake on a skiff, what they call a skiff, and they said that um, they dumped him out there somewhere, uh, not in the lake part, but just but after 40 years, I don't know. <laughs> so when I had met you a couple years ago, I think you had you had told me about some cadaver dogs, something they had out there on the lake, and had hit on something out there. Did they ever end up diving that? <laughs> no, <clears throat> never did. Nothing ever came of it. Um, the the cadaver dog died. Uh, Quincy, he died, and they were training another one. Uh, and I did have some I did have some metal detecting done out there, but we needed some better metal detectors, we needed uh, grapples, we needed underwater metal detectors. Um, even when the, you can see through the ice, they were going to try and do uh, through the winter in an in area, and I'm not sure what they meant by that, but uh, yeah, um, still looking for that area. So. With well, the cadaver dogs, they, they brought the dogs out and they said, oh, well, they the dogs think they found a body and then they just left it? No, they they, they suspected they, he smelled something in the oh, area, okay. but the water was too deep. We had high water that day, that type of year, time of year. So we were waiting until the water went down mm -hmm. so that we could get a better reading, I guess. And the uh, then Quincy died. Oh, okay. And they have another dog that, and then another, oh, I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name. He's a retired, uh, I don't know if he's a game bird or a search and rescue person. He's retired anyway. Uh, his name isn't coming to me right now. But anyway, he had a bloodhound. Um, and he even said that the water was too deep because they couldn't get a, 
so I'm not sure. So we went for water to go down anyway, and then just haven't haven't done it. Come back. It's like it's like things have just frozen in time. Yeah. Nothing's. It's it's very frustrating. So oh. you know, after 44 years, you have to just kind of uh, deal with it. Yes. So who was um who was commanding that operation? Was that Jeff Love too? As far as the potential for a dive? Uh-uh, he knew nothing about it. So who was doing that? Well, um, search and rescue out of, out of uh, Julie Jones. Um, her and um, that, this other gentleman and and uh, family mostly, okay? Um, we would get in canoes and small boats and the people with the detectors and and the dog would go in different boats you know and we go in different areas um i was out there i was in the in a boat mm-hmm. and then i then i was on shore and it, i just uh but then and then some of um some friends were there from like uh couple of friends from the uh, Cocos Alliance um, they were there and but uh, Julie Jones had had Quincy she mm-hmm. she seemed to Actually, I know Julie yeah oh did we meet so, her at the, the missing uh, oh yes families yep. center I, yeah so did uh, were the state police notified about the search and what Julie's dog had hit on no I guess didn't want to until we really found something because mm-hmm. I'm I don't trust the police I'm sorry <laughs> I dealt with them for years and years and years um, and I was either told to back off you're hindering a case you'll be arrested I mean even with the book they told me we couldn't have TV shows we couldn't do searches we couldn't do this we couldn't do that wow i mean hindering a freaking sorry hindering a a, a case really 44 it's years later case. i'm gonna hinder and that's it no it's not i don't have any rights i don't have any rights to that case he was my husband father of my children it's been 44 years I don't have any rights, and I've been told that by, you know, Attorney General. Um, she has all she had all say over that. I can't. I try not to name names, but we we were just threatened with you know, like when we were going to have TV shows. Met with the TV production people. We were all set to, you know, go for it, and she told the. The TV production people would be arrested for hindering an investigation, and so wow. they went back to California. <laughs> and and she may now be our governor, potentially. Our governor, yeah. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Very scary. But yeah, I was told by one of one of our uh, let's see, state official people, I guess you want to call it, um, that. 
there was a few of us there, but he, they said, he said, <laughs> you folks live in a bubble and you need to get over it. That's, that's what? Swallow that one. Swallow that one. Wow. I, so upset. So irate. If this was and... their daughter, their husband, any one of these almost 200 people or over 200 people that are missing, murdered, suspicious death, I don't care. If it was any one of them, they'd feel. They'd feel. So this was in response to your request to have a film crew come in? Yeah. Film crew or, or you know, we, we <laughs> I had a retired... FBI couple want to work on Luigi's case and I was told no and they couldn't have my case they couldn't have my file Luigi's file they were going to work on it for nothing they were volunteering they moved to Maine and they just wanted to help I think that's what the problem is with the state too they don't want to admit when they've screwed up they don't want anyone to find out that they are incompetent right bad publicity mistakes made that is exactly brother, right. This brotherhood network that they don't want to get someone in, in trouble that didn't do their job. Right. And yeah, okay, they made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Do I own it and just move on? But what is wrong with having a fresh set of eyes? Right. Swallowing a little bit of pride. I mean, people would look past a couple mistakes being made if, if the answers were found, right? Like, people yeah, might be a little exactly. upset in the end, but overall, people would be more more appreciative that, that that an answer was found at least exactly. at some point exactly. rather than never mm-hmm. exactly and in the beginning they don't know what's going on you know they're trying to piece together this puzzle so any mistakes were because they didn't realize potentially what the situation was i agree with that but to treat us all like we've been treated is not fair that's why we want to get a law passed that that uh we have rights. The criminals mm-hmm. now in you know, in that in that chapter that Luigi's in in that book, Open Season, all of the suspects' names had to be changed because of their rights. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The suspects' names could not be true in the book because of their right. That that's just <laughs> Honestly, we'll honestly we'll we'll probably be taking their names out of this as well, just because we don't want to be sued or anything. Yeah, you can't use names. Um, that's why I've always used, you know, on Facebook or on Luigi's page thing. There, I've always used person of interest or suspect, and that is true. That is true. Number one and suspect. Day one. Right. From day one, that is the truth. Suspect A, suspect B. That's what they've always been called. So, (sighs) get me riled up. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) So, tell me about um, your work with helping getting the cold case squad funded. Well, Patrick Day, my sister, she called me and she gave me the number and said this guy called from. Uh, Indiana or something. I think that's where Patrick was from. But and uh, wanted to talk to me about Luigi's case. I'm like, huh? 
so this is where I got involved because nobody was doing anything. And every time I called, for 10 years I called attorney generals, I called out there to Augusta. I would call whoever had Bougie's case. And I was always told that it's an open case, still working on it, we'll call you. For 10 years I was called basically told basically the same thing over and over again. So I gave up. Um, I feel like I did. I, I gave up and I, it made me mad when I was mad at myself, I guess, because I, I felt like I had given up on Luigi. Um, but uh, when Patrick called and things were going and I was meeting other people, I felt like somebody cared again. I mm-hmm. felt like, wow, somebody does care. Um, because I felt nobody cared. I felt every he was in a box on the back, in the back of a room on a shelf somewhere, and that's where it's just gonna stay. I learned that somebody cared, and there's quite a few that cared actually. Um, so many people I met, so many families that going through the same thing roughly that I was going through and my girls were going through and that uh, somebody cared when I thought for years and years and years that nobody cared and nothing was ever going to be done so when I got involved and started going to these meetings and everything I felt well maybe something can be done and I I just wanted to do more. I wanted to help more people. I wanted to, you know, and, and it's like these two bills that we've got passed, um, working with the state there. One of them is, is extending the time to, it's extending the time to uh, do a uh, civil case against these people that is extended to six years instead of two years. Um, uh that wasn't going to help yeah, me. Yeah, the statute of limitations. Yeah, statute of limitations. That's the words. Um, statute of limitations needed to be more than two years. My gosh. Yeah. Most well. of the time, two years, they don't even have a court date or anything, you know, for for the, uh, the uh, one that murdered or took their loved one's life. Uh, it takes longer than that to get a court case going in a... In a trial and but uh so six years i mean it wasn't even going to help us because ours were decades old but it was going to help the future it was going to help the ones that are going to be murdered in the future because it's going to happen so was now maybe i'm not hearing this right but are you saying that the statute of limitations in maine for a murder case was two years or was was this something else no, it was uh, to file years. a civil suit. To, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> to file a civil suit. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, to file a civil suit. Like yeah, yeah. Right. 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 But um, it, at least it would help the future murders, <laughs> which yeah. is sad, but true. Um, and then the... But it, I felt like I was doing something positive and, and 
and for not just for Luigi's case because you know I I kind of felt like we were never going to know anything when it comes to Luigi's case anyway but for other cases like the moral case and and I my heart just goes out to him I, I've always said and I've told Dick Richard Morrow the same thing that it's my husband that was taken from his family and stuff but if it were one of my kids I don't know how I could handle it right it's it's so different I mean his daughter and Sheila Seminole's daughter and you know I just can't imagine one of my kids that happening to one of my kids I don't know it's different yeah jeez yeah I'm sure we'll be covering uh, Kim's case with this podcast too oh yes wow. hopefully yes that would be great they, they go- uh, it's always <laughs> an anniversary I don't look forward to but right uh, we we absolutely hate the month of November but it comes and goes yeah. when it comes it's like a, a weight and not just mine my daughter's I have a daughter angel that's always posted on that page <laughs> Uh, Luigi's page, and uh, she has taken it the worst. Um, I think my other two daughters, Michelle and and Tracy, they they uh, I want to say they 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 found God and their religion, and they have found some peace, but. On the other hand, <laughs> you know, it, it's always there. And, and it's like Tracy said, you know, she never got to know her daddy. She never got to, her daddy never got to kiss her boo-boos. Her daddy never got to walk her down the aisle or hold her babies or because somebody wanted the deer he shot. That's heartbreaking, jeez. You know, it, it's, it's. It's not fair, and I mean, she has written things in that on Luigi's too that are quite heartbreaking. Uh, in fact, it, she just shared one of them last week again. So here I am sitting, bawling my eyes out reading it. Uh, he has one grand grandson that is his name is Isaiah, and he wanted a picture of his grandpa, and uh, he has. A big sweet heart he's so sensitive and you know he's been told because he was wondering why my husband now is not as not <laughs> her his mama's father you know and yeah. it's very com- confusing for little kids so we tell him he's gone to heaven and and, uh, and uh, somebody you know he got shot and so he wanted a picture of his grandpa anyway. So one Sunday I took some pictures into the church and, and I gave him one. And I swear I had given him a million dollars. I don't know. He doesn't even know what a million dollars is. So I don't know what. I, he just <laughs> looked so happy. I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't have given him anything else. And through through church service, he kept hugging it, 
he would hold it against his chest and he would hug it. And I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, it kind of almost makes my eyes water, honestly. That's. It's. That's sweet. It's, uh, and, and Jeff isn't sensitive at all, so. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> I have my moments. Just, yeah, yeah, we all do. But. Anyways, yeah, he's 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 got it in a frame in his room now. He he has it right in his bedroom, but and he's just eight now. Uh, but uh, mm. yeah. Jeez, oh, all I can say is thank you very much for coming and talking about this. I can't imagine it's been the easiest thing. No, it's 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 been a. I guess a never-ending nightmare. I mean, it, that's mm. exactly the words that come to my mind, and it's because of Leola. I mean, she is the first to use that that uh, that statement, and I, I'm like, you know, that that's it's true. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back, and and uh, I don't know. We hope. We still oh, hope. Yeah, hopefully not, someday it will. It will end for you guys. We're not going anywhere, you know. Um, right. Day I die, I'll. I guess I'll give up. But you know, but my kids. <laughs> Until <won't>. then, right? <laughs> Until then, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Right. I'm gonna keep doing whatever I can do. Um, somebody has an idea. Come on, let's go do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. As far as the NAMIS thing comes, uh, please uh, keep me posted. Um, my girls were more than glad to give you some some of their DNA. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a simple swab of the inside of their mouth. Yeah. Uh, one of my daughters, and it's, you know, she's not Luigi's daughter, but she's very close with this, this whole thing. Um, she uh, She had me do a and she did it to 23. Um, oh, 23 and me? I said, yeah, that. And we did. Do you know how long it takes to spit in a tube enough <laughs> to send in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it would take for It takes a long time. <laughs> how about uh, how many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Pop? Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I think it takes long if spit though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I appreciate you guys contacting me. And... Yeah, we're we're hoping if we can get this out, so people, you know, maybe it's it's been forty four years now, right? So maybe someone's willing to come forward. Yeah, there, there's people that know. They just haven't come forward and you know like I said Tyler and I went to this guy's house in Marlboro went right up to his house but he wouldn't open the door oh, and he that. won't answer his phone he won't answer his phone and we probably went to that house three or four times together but Tyler goes Graham I wonder if he's got a gun he's going to meet us at the door with a gun I said Tyler if you don't go with me I'll go by myself Right. So, <laughs> you okay, know, I, I guess I'm I just, going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, so he did go with me, and and uh, I think that's why he took uh, courses college with uh, 
science and criminal justice because he said he was going to be a CSI person. He's going to solve that. Yeah, <laughs> nice, you go. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's gung ho about it, but he did get a, finally get into the, you know, the job he's been looking for right now. Anyway. So um, so since he won't answer his door and he won't answer the phone. If you had a chance to speak to him, what would you say? I would like him to tell me what he knows. I am the mother of three daughters that went through hell growing up. Because of rumors, because of cruel kids at school saying things, like their daddy's leg was found in Crystal Lake. I mean, they'd come home from school crying. They didn't have their daddy to to go to they didn't have their daddy to walk them down the aisle to hold their babies Christmas morning I mean little things the little things matter they didn't have him but now they want him they want to bring back whatever is left of Luigi they want to know where he is they want to bring back their daddy they want to lay him to rest their way not by somebody else's way they yeah. told me that a number of times. I just want to say you are so well-spoken and, you know, very heartfelt interview. So we really appreciate it. Very much. Thank you guys. Really. I appreciate your support and all of your, what all you do. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. I do thank you and I appreciate it. All right. Linda, you have a good night. Hey, yes. you, you have keep a me posted on, you know, Take yep, care now. I will. Thanks a lot. All right, take right, care. Bye bye now. Our first podcast under our belt. Good job, Jeff. Yeah, I think it. I think it actually went pretty well. Linda was uh, great. It was kind of a hard story to hear. Yeah, for sure. Very heartfelt. You could definitely uh, feel her emotions as she spoke about the case. If you have any information on the disappearance of Luger Belanger. Please contact the Maine State Police at 1-800-452-4664 or email us at locatingthelostones at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page uh, if you want to get a hold of us that way. Like our Facebook page for more information on upcoming episodes. The search for five-year-old Taylor, Taylor Williams led investigators to Alabama this week. So we have some breaking news from Florida. An arrest has been made. Tonight, after years of agony, a glimmer of hope for the family. Investigators spent hours searching through this house off Pennsylvania Avenue. What could be a major development in the search for missing Alabama teenager. Tonight, a stunning twist in the search for Taylor. Cases, somebody out there knows something. They want to lay him to rest their way, not by somebody else's way.